I don't know if he's just a pathological liar, or he's, or he's, or he's delusional. But uh. the, the man genuinely says things that just are not factually true. Quanta, 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 quanta. Hello and welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. We have a sack race, ladies and gentlemen. We have a sack race. And the three contenders are... Mauricio Pochettino. We're not talking about Chelsea this week. The channel is full of episodes and videos about Chelsea. You can, if you want Chelsea talk, you can just check those out. Like and subscribe. Eric Ten Hag, which is our big topic for today. And the lack of any managerial ability in the whole of Manchester United Football Club, it seems like. And Sean Dyche, Harry, you won in Everton. You won at Goodison Park. Strange feeling, isn't Everton. it? Is Everton a place? Did we win in Everton or is it in Liverpool? We're like, uh, like, did yeah. I say in Everton? I meant to say at Everton. Uh, we but, won at yeah. Everton. Right. We have won at Everton. English. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's a nice feeling, mate. I tell you, it's not it, one I'm particularly really with. It was funny, the graphic that came up. Uh, pre-match and it was it was uh, all the managers that they played against as well and it's it's just yeah they had like five the, the list of managers yeah, yeah five. Duncan Ferguson was in there it was, yeah. I think he got a draw and um, what did he get a win maybe I can't remember no it's no no I remember that there's no no Duncan Ferguson <laughs> yeah, won against no, Chelsea it, it was, in his first game in charge the, all the managers everything I had yeah well uh, Harry, I'll, I'll start with you, with you, I guess, and just very quickly on Arsenal because there's there are certain narratives about Arsenal, right? That mm. it's been a slowish start to the season. You don't exactly yeah. have everything figured out tactically. I watched the second half. I feel like you were so comfortable. You should have won by a lot more if better decisions were taken. By yeah. the by, the forwards and they weren't rushing their finishes and and rushing to score a goal because he had a goal to sell out in the first half as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do you agree with that at all? Do you feel like you're you have things figured out now and you're you starting to see a trend here? It's been a common theme in our game so far. Our control has been largely excellent. I think across the five games, um, someone put the graphic up after the game of our field tilt, which is basically how much time you're spending in the opposition's third of the pitch. So you're attacking third, and for all but the Palace game where we were down to ten men, it was over eighty percent. So it tells you that like largely we're playing in the areas we want to be playing in. It's just been the execution so far. I think. There's been a lot of changes. Like I don't think we've named the same eleven in any game so far yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that the like the dynamics of the team have been a little bit off in some games. I think it's just kind of learning those combinations and putting it all together. But what we are seeing is the emergence of a squad rather than a sort of core eleven plus maybe one or two that you're happy to rely on. It seems like we've now got kind of sixteen or seventeen that are firmly in the fold. So I think that's encouraging. I think the other thing is, obviously, there's a big game next week. If we win that game, it'll be five wins and a draw to start the season. And as well as we started last season, we actually lost our sixth game last year. So it would represent a better start were we to win next week. And obviously, you know, it's a big if. We've got to get that done. But we've been getting results. We've been controlling games. Despite, and I, you know, it's a fair perception. Our games haven't been thrilling to watch. I think partly because we haven't quite been executing 
in attack, but we've had good control of matches. We've won a couple of tricky away games. We've beat United at home. Um, no real complaints so far, I think. Obviously, we have to see how the Champions League kind of affects us uh, with the midweek games um, and then the games are sort of following on from that. But I'm pretty happy with it so far. You can never complain beating Everton. We in- yeah. infrequently do that, as, much, as terrible as they are. It seems like we always sort of run into the best version of them. So, yeah. pleased to get the win and be able to laugh at some other teams this weekend. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned something crucial there is the uh, emergence of a squad and the fact they have 16 or 17 players, that, as you mentioned, on the fold. And we'll get to some Champions League previews, uh, as I mentioned. But remember the preseason previews? I, I called Arsenal to go far in the Champions League, maybe to the quarterfinals, potentially the quarterfinals. Uh, and... I think that is a big reason why that you'll be able to have a strong starting eleven in a Champions League week, like mid in the midweek on a, on a Wednesday night, and then have a strong eleven in the league the following weekend. So David Raya started. David Raya is a Premier League starting caliber goalkeeper, and Aaron Ramsdale yep. is on the bench today. So there's that rotation too. It's like. When we had Mignolet and Loris Carriers, but this time you actually have two good goalkeepers. Two keepers we like. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it reminded me of, of having uh, two first-team goalkeepers, which I think is really smart. But, um, yeah, I'd be very optimistic. It's going to be interesting how that works. Like, the, the swapping out of a goalkeeper. Like, when do you, when do you choose to swap them out? If, 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 a, if a goalkeeper has a bad game... Is that when you swap it? Because then that's kind of like gets it, get knocks the goalkeeper a bit. But then, well, if the goalkeeper playing well, do you swap it then? I, I'm it's I, I'm not totally opposed to this idea of having two goalkeepers, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It will be. I will say the way it played out at Liverpool in seventeen eighteen. Uh, that's obviously the year of the Lois Carriers Champions League final, the infamous, infamous performance. Um, it, the way it played out is Carriers started the season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, or it could have been Minile, and then Carriers played a few league games, one against Arsenal, uh, Arsenal early on in the season. And then mm. he played some Champions League games, and then uh, like by October it settled where Minile starts the league games and Carrier starts the cup games um and that's that's kind of how it played out for the rest of the season if if that ends up happening at arsenal then you're in a really good spot but you're already in a good spot and it will just be uh, up to Mikel arteta really just to manage expectations for both goalkeepers and i wonder what david raya was told when he when he got when he got there and when he signed for Arsenal, what his playing time was going to look like. Can I jump to Everton before we get to uh, talk about Man United real quickly? Because they there's this graphic that showed on Sky Sports that I saw on Twitter where they're like 20th in all the attacking um, numbers in terms of chance conversion, uh, actual number of goals scored, big chances missed. Um, and like mm. shots on target, I think it was. They're just dead last in all of those. Is it luck, or is it genuinely just a a bad team? Because Chelsea, and I don't want to talk about Chelsea today, but they have this problem too of just not finishing chances, and they're they're just uh, massively underperforming. 
Patchouli is just far beyond luck at this point. Even with, with Beto arriving. Right? So are you going against the stats? I, I'm not going against the stats. I'm just saying the stats tell you that they're just bad. It's not luck. It's just awful. It's like when Liverpool won the league and were way overperforming their expected goals numbers. And uh, people, including Rob Turner, was, were saying that they were lucky. But then it surely goes beyond luck when you're overperforming that much and, it, and you're just phenomenal at scoring goals, which is why you won the league so comfortably. Yeah. Uh, and your yeah. goalkeeper is a phenomenal goalkeeper, which is why you prevented so many goals. With Everton, on the other hand, they're just bad at conceding chances and bad at scoring them. Re- really awfully bad, which is why they'll go down. Right? You just want us to say Everton are bad. Basically, no, yeah. this is a leading I, I, question. I, I feel like if if you <laughs> if, I might I if, might be if, we, if you if these stats were for Fulham, I think you'd be going, Oh, there's it's plucky Fulham and the luck will come around once so and so gets one he'll start I don't think so. In the net. I think you're picking and choosing when when you're when when you're sort of looking at the stats favorably. I don't think so. I do not think so. It just hasn't happened it, that it, way yet. The only th- the the only thing to say is at this point in the season it's it's unreliable to look at the stats. Not enough of a sample size as well. Yeah, um, it's only five games. Five ten games, games is ten when you games. really start to to look at that. In yeah, a big way. So that's something to take into account as well. Because I did see Tifu do a, a a short like look at the stats and the the metrics, and they were looking at like the shot maps and everything. The shot map was pretty good uh, in the compared to Spurs. It was quite similar. Um, yes. And so yeah, then at the end of the day, they were like, "Well, it, it's a bit unreliable going off of, uh, going off based off about five games." But it's yeah, I I I think the thing is, Beto does look decent. Um, it didn't really have much of a chance today. Um, like Arsenal were comfortable, but are everything expecting to get points off of Arsenal that a 1-0 defeat yes. that was tight enough. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. I know the record <laughs> says that, but I I like they I, I don't think that realistically they they'd be they would have went into that game with a lot of confidence. But it's it's it's, it's the other games that they'll be looking to, to get from. Okay. Well you say that, not to linger on this. Prior to today Everton had the easiest schedule for the first four yeah. games of the season, True. statistically. Played the easiest schedule of anyone. Only picked up a point, lost the two home games. So that's the worrying part is they've actually played some of the worst teams in the league and not put points on the board. So it's not going to get any easier for them. Um they're not a good football team, no doubt, but there could be three worse. I think that's what we said prior to the season and I kind of still think that. So uh not I, much I, unexpected there. Yeah. I think there's only two that could be worse, but I are Manchester United one of them are Manchester United one of them that is a great question Uh, you know what they might be worse at PR they Mm. they may be worse at PR there is no managerial skill in the entire leadership structure of Manchester United football this is absurd the way they've handled the last 18 months let's say so you have obviously the whole the whole Mason Greenwood thing, and 
how they lied to us and we're like oh we're got, we're cutting relations with Mason Greenwood we're gonna terminate his contract and guess what he's on loan and he made an appearance at um, Espanol today and uh, so there's that and it's just I feel like it's not being talked about enough the fact that they lied about the situation uh, and the fact that they mentioned that he's been cleared when he hasn't been well, factually the but then comes the uh, Anthony stuff, which you know we don't know enough about that yet. But Jade and Sancho coming at the same time, which I don't. I this is very dangerous to say, but is there is is there a coincidence there in terms of publicly ousting Jade and Sancho at the same time the Anthony stuff is happening and very soon after the Mason Green Greenwood stuff happened. In terms of getting the general public eye shifted towards that Sancho situation, and why have well, they, they even done this to a player that's contracted to a football club? Like they they weren't in control of what Sancho tweeted in response to being left out of the squad. I think is important mm-hmm. to mention. So therefore, their response to that, I suppose, you can't attribute towards what you say. I think obviously what you can infer from his tweet mm-hmm. is he feels like he's been held to a different standard to other people at the football club. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't want to sort of look at it any deeper than that. It could just be footballing reasons that he's saying something like that. But the, the, the crux of it is it leaves them in a really bad position. They're already stretched as, as it is with their squad. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Anthony wasn't exactly setting the world on fire, but if you've not got him there, you've not got Sancho there. Um, they didn't actually play with an orthodox winger at the weekend against Brighton. It doesn't leave them in a good position, and I think you're right to mention they kind of haven't handled any of these particularly well publicly. So, you know, when you're not getting results, you're not handling stuff well off the pitch, it's a really bad combination for, you know, let's be real, like the biggest club in the country, um, they're, they're not kind of behaving as such, and just really messy at the moment there's there's a lot going on there and not a lot of it is is good really and listen last season they were in a similar spot when they lost 4-0 to uh was it brentford and then they lost a, in a really bad way to brighton i think back to back and uh we yeah, were all, yeah we were talking about um similar like just like the the way they've handled squad building and stuff this year it's the same problem of a slow start, and maybe we're just overanalyzing. Uh, as we said with, with Everton, with a small sample size, but this feels a little bit different in terms of the toxicity and the atmosphere there. Last mm. year, it was Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, um, and the way Ten Hag like, didn't handle having him well. And Ronaldo's performances himself and his attitude problems and all of that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this year, it's like a, it's problems on a bigger scale. I feel like it's like a player they've they bought for 75 million or whatever it was the same summer Ronaldo was bought. And now just isn't featuring after missing so much of last season and two players being embroiled in legal problems. And it just feels a lot bigger is I don't know what the question would be really but like 
where yeah, how do the how do the board handle this and how does ten hog there was suggested that ten hog is like being unlucky because he's dealing with all of this at once but like at the same time ten hog is the one that initiated the Jaden Sancho problems by saying that um He's just he's just not good enough in training, just publicly like that, uh, which is something Jose Mourinho used to do, and it it was a like a similar toxic atmosphere in Man United because of that, because players were getting called out publicly, uh, and players are just like really big brands now who won't take this uh, as well as maybe some other players in the past have. I I, I don't know if Ten Hag's come out of that bit badly though, because. <laughs> The week that he says it, Jaden Sancho's then photographed partying in, in New York. So in but terms yeah, of like the, the PR between Sancho and Ten Hag or Sancho and Man United versus each other, I think Jaden Sancho's lost that PR battle. Um, yeah. I think in the eyes of, of Man United fans, Ten Hag has more credit in the bank than Sancho does. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be probably more inclined to to back what he's saying it, it is right it didn't really need to be said um the issue is that there's no quick fixes for both of these is, is the is the main issue it's either unless Sancho all of a sudden starts playing really well that would be the only quick fix for that one um mm. and then they've got they've got the Anthony stuff which I, I, I haven't literally just only see the headlines about it um don't know anything about it really um, but like that's not going to be uh, fixed easily at all. But yeah, it, Sancho's move has just been really disappointing. Um, it's actually funny that the, the player that, that was compared to him whenever it come through was Hudson Odoi. Was that uh, Sancho and Hudson Odoi were like the two sort of the same age group, um, and um, both of them have just fizzled out, unfortunately. And but Sancho got his big move and got got everything going for him. Um, and even with a new manager who likes a a, a winger, um, likes you know like a bit a bit of a flair player as well, because um, he wanted somebody like Anthony. But looks at Sancho and goes, "No, you're 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 not good enough." So he's. I, I, without knowing what's actually going on, but it, it does seem like Sancho maybe just needs to block out the noise and and just focus on playing football. Um, mm. Even if your manager is the one that's creating the noise. Um, Jenny Sancho as well. Uh, just to remember this because I feel like it's relevant. Uh, last season, he, the management team at Man United. Uh, I think it might have been Den Hag at a press conference uh, mentioned some physical and mental health problems that he yeah. came back after a while. There was this massive standing ovation uh, because, hey, look who uh, he went on the you know, training he's... camp in the Netherlands for a bit, like hmm. um, to get him up to speed, and then he was brought back. Yeah. Um, so it it does look as though like Ten Hag has had patience with him and. That's what that's what also what makes it not look as good for Sancho is that there, there's a guy that the, his manager did back him, did understand him, had patience with him, sort of gave him treatment that nobody else had, and in, in a you know go go away and 
and get extra training, come back, and and you'll be reintegrated. All of that's happened, and he just hasn't quite then kicked on. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a mess. It's a mess. But I just I just re I just love what's happening at Man United, given the their handling of the the Greenwood case. It's probably the worst fixture for them this week because I said that. Like, yeah. I said that before the weekend. I said, if you need a win, like other than City, Brighton are just an absolute nightmare to play against because both because the of their style, but also just sort of like... The context <laughs> of everything that's going on, one really badly run club yeah, versus exactly. the best run club exactly in that. football at the moment. And, and yeah. like everything's... doesn't matter who they bring off the bench. They're, they're, they're just picking random names out of a hat at times, it feels like. And then they're just like, Everything oh, these guys works. are incredible. Everything's coming off. Yeah. Like, they are... You know, they're, they're the antithesis to Man United at the minute. And I thought, sort of on Ten Hag, he made a, yet another just ridiculous comment after the game. I mean, my, my issue with him is less the Sancho stuff. It's more that, like... I don't know if he's just a pathological liar, or he's, or he's, or he's delusional, or it, it's his sort of way of deflection. But uh-huh. the, the man genuinely says things that just are not factually true. So like we didn't talk about this much after the Arsenal game, but he comes out and says like four refereeing decisions he disagreed with, like not one of them he had a case on. And then he comes uh-huh. out yesterday after the game and he says something about Brighton spending a lot of money and then it's like well brighton made a profit of nearly 100 million this summer you've spent 450 million under your tenure hold on Brian, like, it, the squad that started yesterday cost seven and a half million pounds something like that th- this is what i mean ali like he, he, it's just it undermines like oh. whatever you think of the man tactically whatever you think of the way he handles certain things it undermines his credibility completely when he says things that just factually are not true you know, he said yeah. something else about how he was pleased with how they played. Like, anyone that saw that game will tell you. They started, like, first 15 minutes, they were quite good, which I wasn't that surprised by because they're probably coming off a couple of bad results. Like, they, they sort of needed to start well. And, look, if they scored, maybe it would have been a different game. But after that, the, the, like, they got a schooling, really, off a team that so well-drilled, so good in possession, so good at pulling their opponents all over the, o- over the pitch, which is exactly what they did to United. And well worthy of winning the game 3-1. Could have scored more goals, to be honest. And, you know, I, I just... You have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what's being said in the dressing room, obviously. But he's not, he's not eliciting the response from them that you would expect. And I can only look at what he's saying publicly and draw a connection between that and the way they're responding to these results in the games that, that follow... You know, if he's telling them how well they've played and how they deserve better and how it was on the referees and how it's on other teams spending money, like, are you going to be that motivated to sort of come back in the next game and think, actually, like, we've got a point to prove here? No, you're probably going to think, like, we were actually quite good in the last game and just keep doing what we're doing. It'll churn out results. Well, I'm sorry. Anyone with working eyes will tell you they've played five matches this season and have they been good in any of them, honestly? Nah. You know, (laughs) there's a lot wrong there. And as you sort of mentioned at the start, like, I don't think he's in the imminent sack race, but you see the sort of first signs of discontent there from the fans when he makes the substitution, brings Hoyland off, brings Martial on. I think the The Hoyland one is because he's... Is he not fit to play, like, a 90 For whatever reason, for whatever reason he did it, 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 the fans weren't happy with it. Exactly, yeah. And I just think it's one of those, like... 
Man United fans have needed sort of a cult figure to, to to almost hang on to because they had a playing group they didn't particularly like at the end of the previous season where they finished sixth. They despised the ownership. They didn't like any of the previous managers. This guy comes in and, you know, there's a few home truths. He he has a fairly decent first season. They win a cup. They, they get top four. Is this guy actually as good as they kind of make him out to be? I, I'm not convinced. He's been there a year now. I honestly am not quite sure what they're trying to do. And I know they were. It's worth mentioning they were missing a fair few players on Saturday. It wasn't their first eleven. But Brighton also rotated ahead of their game in Six Europe next week. Players. And this is the thing. So you've got a team that on a much lower budget that have arguably got as many first choice players not playing, and yet. They look a lot more coherent and structured within what they're trying to do. So, not convincing for United so far. And already, after five games, if the expectation was to challenge for the title, forget it. It's not happening this season. I've got um, the interesting start from that game was that Milner is the first player uh, to win at Old Trafford with four different clubs. Nice. What's his height? What's his height? He might have to be short king of the week. Oh, that's a great point. That's a great he's a point. He's 175 centimetres. So yeah, that qualifies. Nine. That qualifies. That qualifies. Five. That's short king of the week right there. Short King of the Week is already decided. Lovely. That's efficient but, podcasting. Cleaning that, that is... one up in the first part of the show. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Onana's save percentage as well is sixty-five. He's he's because he goes, he shouldn't. Like, I don't know what happened to him. He should have saved the third. On Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Maybe uh, could have saved the rice goal. Yeah, the rice goal he definitely should have saved because first of all, his positioning, his starting position was pretty terrible given the time he had when Rice brought the ball down. Um, second of all, how close it is to him at the near post or the ball that it is a near post goal in a shot that he would have so obviously should have predicted it's going near post um but his save percentage is 65 and a half which puts him seventh bottom um mm. but they are conceding a lot of chances as well they have 29 shots against on target alone in the last in in the five games they played this season that's quite a lot. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> They're failing in all departments, and I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Okay. Uh, Liverpool won again um, after another terrible first half. This will be interesting to keep an eye out on. I didn't want to discuss it in like on its own, but it's, uh, it's something interesting, a pattern that's forming. Bad first halves but we win still. Um, and our next game is against West Ham, which is a tough one. But not before we play in Europe, ladies and gentlemen. Liverpool play Lask away uh, on Thursday night. Of the Thursday nights. Um, yeah, Welcome. let's talk about the Champions. Thank you. Let's talk about the Champions League. Arsenal, you get your turn this time. You get your turn. Fair enough. Champions League, then. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the predictions because I mentioned before there that Arsenal might make it to the quarterfinals. In my opinion, you're gonna top the group. Like your group is Lons, Eindhoven, Sevilla. You should win it easy. 
Where do you do you see Arsenal finishing in the Champions League? If there are, tough, pick out it? some teams in the world that you would lose to. Like you will go all the way up until City. you play X. Well, City. We'd lose to City. Yeah. I think like <laughs> it's so difficult because knockout football is just an entirely different entity. Because like yeah, if you said to me, would I expect us to finish above? I don't know. Like. Bayern Munich over a 38 game season like I could see it I, I watched Bayern on Friday night I wasn't that impressed by them to be honest but if we played them in a Champions League knockout game I'd, <laughs> I don't think I'd expect to beat them we've been away for six seasons they've got a good he record against us this is the thing uh, yeah but we played them quite well last season so I'm less worried about that than I sort of was when we had we were trotting out Mustafi and Co at centre-back but I think it's one of those like for us I'm glad we've got a pretty winnable group that's the first portal call win mm. the group mm. there's a few tricky groups so it's like you could i mean people forget in the season we lost 10-2 to Bayern munich we actually topped our group that year and drew them so you can get unlucky with it um i think given the fact that we should win our group i'd expect us then law of averages you should be drawing a team you expect to beat um but from there it honestly depends like i, I think the betting odds have are something like four favourites. Like you can make a case for it being Whoa. one of the best four teams in it, but that doesn't mean we're fourth most likely to win it. Like we haven't been in this competition since 20, 2017. So yeah. there is a certain like there's a lot of excitement around it, like from the fans and the players. A lot of these players haven't played in it, yeah. and it's great. But like equally, you need that sort of know-how, and we've got a few of the city lads that have obviously played in it, which which helps. But it, it's just such a. It's the only competition where i do buy into sort of the soft factors more than people make a big deal about soft factors like mentality and leadership and stuff like that but in the champions league i think real madrid are obviously like the finest example of it like yeah. they've won that competition on multiple occasions despite not being the best team in it like your eyes don't lie to you when you watch it so you know, we obviously need to build that reputation city you know to a greater extent have been the best team in the world across multiple seasons and yet not got it done in Europe and obviously only finally got it done last year. Yep. So it, I'm quietly like optimistic because of what you mentioned, like we've got a good squad there. We, we've got a good group that we should be looking to win. Um, and I think, I, I think quarterfinals is sort of like par for the course. If you like, if we get to the quarters, I'd say like we've done kind of as expected. If we get to a semi-final and obviously further, then I'd say that's a, like a good return. Um, and it obviously all depends on circumstances of how you win or lose games. So we'll see. But really happy to be back in it. And just like more than anything, having a game, you know, in three days that I actually care about. The Europa League, one of the biggest problems with it is like you have a game, mm -hmm. but like the group stages are a drag. Like not rubbing it in, Ali, I'm sorry. But like they... I, they, I, I couldn't agree more. They are just a drag because like something has to go seriously wrong for you not to... I suppose they're a bit more important now because if you top the group, you skip a stage. So, like, there is a little bit more on it. Like, when yeah. both teams would just go through and then you'd all be in the last 32 and you'd have three awful teams in the group with you, like, you're never going to go out in the group stage. But, like, equally, it doesn't really matter if you finish first or second because you mm -hmm. should be beating kind of whoever you draw in the last 32 anyway. So there's a bit more on it now, but it's just such a... Like, I, I just couldn't get into the games, really. So I apologize yeah. that you've got to go through that. I'm, I'm, so, I am looking forward to how to seeing how I feel, but 
my feeling is that I'm I don't want to take the Europa League for granted and I think it will be very important for us to win it because we have a lot more competition for Champions League spots now I feel like emergence of Newcastle and there is one uh, more Brighton spot, and stuff though. there is one more spot but there's a lot more teams likely to be one more spot potentially I think top five will get it uh, it just still depends we don't we don't know quite yet but coefficients yeah yeah um but I feel like the Europa League is going to be an important competition for us and the group isn't that awful Laskin Union Saint-Gerard and Toulouse it's not like the pits uh, shall we say so I can look forward to the games and I don't want to play down the importance of those fixtures but I just I feel like I'm gonna wake up on one Thursday night and just remember randomly that we'll have that we have a game tonight you know what I mean like, I just feel yeah yeah be midday for you mate be the old 530 be midday for me I, I listen I work from home and on Thursday nights I don't coach on, on Thursday evenings, I don't coach, so I'll just have it in the background. But I, you know, work away. Um, but yeah, it, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know how fun or not fun I, it will be. What, what what might be good for Liverpool is is um. I can't believe it, we're talking be... about Liverpool. By the way, carry on. I like this. Well, I well one thing one thing I was disappointed about when we were last or like I last one of my memories of being in with, with Sari. Which we won it in the end, but I remember the group stages. He like he just wouldn't. He kept playing like like the near enough the first team, and there were players like Hudson Odoi and Loftus Cheek that like the whole thing about Sarri was that he was he wasn't giving these players a chance. And then when he finally gave Loftus Cheek a chance, for example, he got injured. Um, but in the groups in the group stages, it's been like the group stages of the Europa League are really really good for bringing through like those youth players. Yeah. So if yeah. he's got like. Uh, um, your man Ben is it Ben Doak yeah Ben Doak and um, he, all those sort of players like Harry Kane is, he came through in the Europa League Harry that was, Kane was oh, Harry Kane yeah okay yeah Saka as well Saka so like the group stages hopefully you're, if you're a local fan Jurgen Klopp will play those youngsters and that's that's the makes it a wee bit more interesting as well. Whenever you, you get to see, oh, how's how's Doke gonna do? Um, and um, the, what do you call the centre mid for you as well? Um, Bacetic. Oh, by Chichich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, uh, it, it, could be, it could be good. Had a good game. Could be good experience. Quanta, yeah. yeah. He's need to do that. Um, Engelbert Humberdink chant. Quanta, 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 Quanta. That's going right at the start of the podcast, pal. Um, yeah. All right. Predictions. Uh, who wins the Champions League? We're going to predict it nine months in advance, right, gentlemen? Should we do it without Man City? I mean, it just yeah. feels Other like. Other than quite Man City, boring. okay. I mean, my my concern with them, I've probably said this before, Like, I felt like as soon as they won one, the floodgates could just open and they could win like four of the next five or something stupid like that. Uh. I feel very confident they're not going to win. Really? Yeah. Why? I just don't think they're as good as they, are last, uh, as they were last season. Depth-wise. Uh, Depth-wise, I think that'll really come into it. Um, yeah, I just have a feeling that they're not going to do it. Although I was slagging off Doku and then he went and had a great game. Um, Although he lost the ball for the West Ham goal. There you go, yeah. Oh, but he, he, took, he did take his goal well and, and did dribble quite well, but I'm yeah, still, 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 still not sure. Um, but I, yeah, I think 
I, haven't, I actually haven't put any thought into this, lads. Because uh, Chelsea. You don't it. think it'll be City? I don't think it'll be City. I think it could be Bayern Munich. Just... Nah, watching them Friday night. That, that was the first game I watched in this season. They were, yeah, same. Uh, yeah, I, I will admit, not seen a single minute of them. Apart from that um, game against Leipzig before the season started, which they lost 3 0, which was quite oh, funny. Oh, yeah, the Super they Cup. Just one. signed Kane. Yeah. yeah. Signed so Kane the only two times I've watched them this season were that, and then I watched the game Friday night. Like, Liverpool are quite phenomenal. good. Phenomenal. Liverpool yeah, they, are they doing are. really good stuff with the players they have. Victor no, Wallace is good. just like kind of nowhere, I feel like. You know, Granit Xhaka land in the minerals as usual in the midfield. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. But I just, I wasn't like, I was expecting more from Bayern because a lot of people sort of have been tipping them for the Champions League. I think because of the Kane signing and kind of, you know, Real Madrid haven't got a striker. Like, this sort of, it, it's tricky, right? By process of elimination, they probably end up the easiest team to say other than City. But, like, I'm not really seeing it, if I'm honest, from watching them. Um, I'm saying all this, yeah, I've said let's do one without City. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't see anybody else God. apart from Real Madrid, which is even but more... They, I, I just don't see it. No, they're really dearth of attacking options, though. The, the, the striker yeah. situation's a big problem. It, it's Nobody will win. Problem. Liverpool will win their group um, Liverpool will win so the Champions well, they're going to just graduate to the Champions League and win it. <laughs> Good, got it. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, be quite fun. I know PSG. PSG have just lost against they lost, Nice. Like, two but... games, three games maybe from their opening five. What 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 do we think about them though? They, no, I I I, I, I like this right. project going forward for them. Well, this feels like a, a a a better project. Like it's just more like less super. Or they only have the one superstar now, and everyone else feels like a bit more of a part I, of I, the team. No, I don't know about all that. Like that that might be true. But it's PSG in the Champions League. So, like, and, until such a point comes where they've proven otherwise, I'm just never, ever going to tip them to win it. And they just had so much turnover that there's, it's pretty difficult to get any chemistry going, especially with as toxic an ownership group as they have. But yeah. that's just me. Uh, Real Madrid. It's just Real Madrid, isn't it? Boring. Maybe, Maybe yeah. Inter Milan. What a season they're having! Perfect four from four. We won against uh, Milan, AC Milan, five one. I only watched the highlight. Marcus Ram had Malik Tiao on <laughs> toast. I I've never seen uh, uh, apart from the screamer. I don't remember watching a center forward dominate a specific center back as in in a highlight package as much as. Mark Saram did it to the Malik Tio. There was their new center back came from Bundesliga Five, I think, uh, for very little money, and he looks like a good center back. I watched a couple of AC Milan games before this one. He got Man, cooked. He got cooked. Um, but, so maybe Inter could be a surprise package there. Who, who are our final picks then? Uh, Real Madrid for you, Ali. Real Madrid for me. I'll go Bayern. I, I'll go Bayern because of, of Tuchel. In the Champions League. Go on, back your boys, back your boys. Go on. No, 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 no. Let's not be silly now. Let's not be silly now. I would really enjoy Uh, Arsenal defeating Real Madrid in a Champions League final or Man City. I would enjoy that. Well, listen, mate, we've we've only played Real Madrid once in the Champions League in our history and we did did beat them. So, 100% record uh, across two legs. But, I don't know. Uh, Barcelona. Haven't watched the second of them this season. 
they're doing good stuff yeah. they're doing very good stuff tactically okay. i hear i haven't watched them yet i just haven't never had the chance because i work on sundays yeah. and they seem to play always on sundays um but yeah okay barcelona is a good pick right then short kick of the week will end on that although we've uh we've mentioned who it is gonna be but um Shall we announce James Milner as the short king of the week? What was the record again for a goal? That he kind of um, broke? He, he's he, uh, first player to win four games at Old Trafford with four different clubs. Um, Phenomenal Brighton, work. Liverpool, Aston Villa, Man City. Phenomenal work from James Milner. Deserved winner uh, from a deserving team. Uh, Brighton are, uh, yeah, just the model right now. I feel like and a win against Man United, although it is easier to beat Man United nowadays, doesn't come that easy. And Brighton have done it. And thanks to James Milner. Okay, thank you, boys. Uh, enjoyed that one. Follow us on our social media channels. We have a new Instagram page, although I need to be a lot better at posting there. And the Twitter page, of course, uh, at JAF underscore uh, at jf underscore pod i can't talk today for some reason jf underscore pod on youtube twitter instagram you'll find us on are, 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 are you, Spotify. Okay with, yeah. are you okay with promoting this amount of socials last week you weren't too sure yeah no uh, this this week i am follow us everywhere okay <laughs> yeah just find us wherever you can find us if you find it follow it <laughs> i don't know um but yeah thank you so much for the support on the channel recently on youtube it's been uh, phenomenal and uh, yeah, more to come, I'm sure. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the Champions League. And we'll see you on the flip side. Cheers.